Blog Talk Radio. Anderson Park. 
I heard that song, I was like, y'all, uh-uh. They didn't, they did that. Do you hear me? They did that shit. Oh, my God. Bruno out here trying to take over R&B with that. That song was fire. Fire. So, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about uh, people asking Bruno Morris about cultural appropriation. You know, listen. I have my thoughts on that, okay? Because, you know, what Bruno's doing is not new. We know it's a merging of old-school R&B with a little bit of 80s funk, a little bit. So, no, dude, and we'll we'll have that discussion a little later on into the show, okay? So we'll discuss that. And also, I want to talk about Jay-Z selling title. Jay-Z's out here having fire sales. (laughs) I mean, it's not funny because, you know, listen, I'm going to talk about how – I just want to talk about that for a little bit because a lot of people are, like, you know, a little bit upset with Jay-Z because people are saying, hey, you know what I'm saying? You've been selling – what you know, I love what Antonio Moore says. He's been – I mean, Antonio from uh, Tone Talks, he says – um, that Jay Z's in the business of selling black aspiration, and it is uh, a lot of people are upset because you know people it was this whole thing with title being black owned and stuff like that. And I have been saying forever on the show, and it's not to knock Jay Z or his hustle because I don't have no problem with good business. What I have a problem with is the exploitation of black people while you are pretending to be a black mascot and trying to sell off businesses that you are not fully vested in. And if you are, you can't keep your footing in them. And sell them off to black people has black owned. And then, you know, we come to find out they're not so much, okay, or you don't have as much control. So that's the problem I have. I have no problem with black people doing business, okay, because there's a, that's a different story, and we'll get into that a little bit later on in this show, too. Okay, so my week this week, it's been very reflective, been really reflecting a lot, a lot of stuff. You know when you have one of those weeks where you're just going, you just kind of feel trying to like, okay, you need to re, um, uh, uh, not not re, uh, you need a, you need to re, you need to revisit visit a vision you have for yourself and reshape the vision that you have for yourself at a certain point in your life. That's where I'm at, you know, because I'm in my late forties and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to understand how to be. This phase because I really don't. I'm a youthful girl, so and so in my inner, I'm trying to understand how do I balance my youthful heart and energy, practice maturity, but at the same time, um, understand uh, the uh, under uh, you know, keep the youthful vibe, but at the same time, understand what getting older means and the experience of it. Of it. So I'm trying to balance all of that. And I'm also trying to, 
you know, look back. Y'all always do that a lot. I look back to see, you know, when I'm revisiting my vision, I go, you know, especially when I'm trying to confront something that may be wrong, and I'm like, you know, what has been my problem here? You know, and I, I always try to balance emotions and and logic because I'm, you know, I can be a little bit of both. So that's been my week. I've been having a lot of a very reflective week somewhat, you know, um, but a good week. Nonetheless, a good week, okay? Okay, so I got birthday shout-outs, okay, because I got all these Pisces around me, okay, just Pisces everywhere. <laughs> my dad's birthday was this week. My dad's birthday was, my dad's birthday is the 5th of March. Happy birthday, Daddy. And my granny, her birthday is was March the fifth too. My granny, she didn't want me to tell nobody her age. Child, please. <laughs> She's a mess, honey. But happy birthday to my granny. And you know my husband, my husband's birthday is in March too. It's March ninth. So happy birthday to him. Okay, so it's so so there is birthdays all. Of, you know, I got March people all around me. Just nothing, just Pisces everywhere. I don't know what the thing is about me and fishes. And then the next thing is Tarsus. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on with that. I have no clue. Me and the fish thing, I don't know. You know, it's, it's funny. I just have them all around. But, yeah, happy birthday uh, to people. I think my, and then I have a, a, my sister's birthday. My half-sister's birthday is coming to Camarilla. I don't know. I think it's March the 14th. I forget. Child, I'm, you know, I have to see. But happy birthday to all you March people, everybody born in March. Shout out to y'all. I, March is I like Pisces season. Pisces season is is good for me as a Scorpio. It's a it's emotional as fuck for me, but it's very good. You know what I'm saying? As a Scorpio, I really can appreciate Pisces season and the energy it does for me. It does really good. It's really it's really energetic, but I can also get very irritable during Pisces season. Like I get very irritated, and. This these last couple of days I've been very agitated, you know, <laughs> because you know when you're going through something in your mind and you're trying to figure different things out, it's just like you know, uh, Pisces season can be very emotional like that. So I get agitated at times with it. So you know that's my week, you guys. Okay, okay. So we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, we got to get into the Harry and Hagen interview. It is so much y'all can learn. That's why I ain't going to give y'all no it's a word. Because it is so much that we can learn from Megan and Harry. Hell, it's so much y'all can learn from folks getting married and don't understand what the fuck they getting into before they get married, okay? We're going to talk tonight. We're going to have a talk, talk, talk about partnerships and purpose. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good one. <laughs> All right. So, meanwhile, oh my God, I don't have what. I'm, what? Oh, what? What am we gonna play? We're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna start off with Usher. Don't waste my time, okay? And I'll be back in a moment. All right. All right. Oh, do we have it up? Uh-huh. I thought we had it up. Okay, guys, we don't have it up. Okay, so we're going to start off with, I don't know where it went to. Okay, we're going to start off with, um, 
trying to get it up here. But I don't know what. The, see, guys, I'm, you know how I be doing with the music. Y'all know I'm always. Uh, it, we always be all over the place, okay? So we're gonna start off with Love Train Come Function. It's not Usher, okay? Love Train Come Function. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. When we come back, we're gonna be talking Harry and Megan in the interview, okay? Be back in a moment.
I know y'all done already heard the tea this week that Matthew Knowles did an interview, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later on in the show if I have time tonight, but Matthew did an interview, I think last week sometime or something, and they were telling him, you know, they asked him what he think about the comparison to Chloe and Beyonce, and Matthew said something, which I think is kind of rude, but it makes me understand the energy that surrounds Beyonce. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, later on into the show. But, yeah, I I, kind of understood where that energy that I've always talked about on this show concerning uh, Beyonce in that way, you know, and you guys who are regular listeners to the show kind of already know what I'm talking about on that one, okay? But let's talk about 
Carrie and Megan's interview, honey. The tea, the tea was spilt. Okay, it wasn't tea. It wasn't the, the rough tea, but it was good, it was good tea. Okay, um, be careful what y'all wish for. <laughs> That's what I say. Be careful what you wish for. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> and that is what I learned from this interview tonight. Can I cry out of Do you feel something? Do you feel a little bit more sorry for Megan? Hell no. But I will say this. <laughs> I have a little bit more empathy. Um, Here's the thing. Marriage is already a tough ball game, okay? I talk to you guys about that all the time on this show. Let alone when you're going into it. And I think here's God, how do we talk about this? You know, I'm trying to figure out how to how to God, I should have played Michael Jackson. You know the song I'm going to go sidebar here for a minute, but y'all remember the side song, one of my favorite songs on Off the Wall, Michael Jackson album is called It's the Falling in Love. Do we got that song up? Do we got, because I think y'all got to hear it about, about really, real quick. I got to play a little bit of it to make my point. Do we got it? Do we got it? Let's see, let's see, let's see. It's a good, because y'all going to understand what I'm talking about in a minute here. Uh, let's see, do we have it? Uh, uh, uh. I know y'all be y'all be like I'm, I'm going through to see if we we got it up on the list tonight because sometimes we'll have extra. Um, dang, I don't. Okay, but I can just tell y'all about it. Okay, there is one of my favorite songs on the Off the Wild album. It's called "It's the Falling in Love" by it was my, it was Michael Jackson and um, Patty Austin. Okay. And the words, I'm a lyrics person. I love lyrics, okay? And the words is, it's the falling in love that's making me hot. It's the being in love that makes me cry, cry, cry. And then it's like, you know, it goes through the motions of falling in love. You're not like anybody I ever knew, but that don't mean that I don't know where we are. And though I find myself attracted to you, I'm trying not to go too far because no matter how it starts, it ends the same. Someone's always doing something wrong, trading in the passion for a taste of pain. It's only going to happen again. And he goes into this falling in love. It's making me high. It's the being in love. And it's just a song that goes through falling in love, like the high of it. Like, you know, it, and there's this one verse. What's that? Is that the second verse? Let me see if I can look it up because sometimes I forget it. Cause I want y'all to understand. Cause I guess I'm, I'm, I'm making a point here. <laughs> y'all like Carlotta, What is the point? The point is that the, the, it's going to be a Harry and Megan point. Okay, this is a point for about love anyway. Okay, so it's there's this part. Oh gosh, I kind of look it up. The song up. We that kid here. Put it up. I'm gonna to try to look up the, cause this is one verse I want y'all. To do. 
looking it up here. Okay, uh, where does it say? Uh, this is part that says, now, now we're just a web of mystery, a possibility of more to come. I'd rather leave the fantasy of what might be. But there I go falling again. Okay, so that song to me is about love junkie because I understand love junkies. I, you know, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart, right? But I, I can also be a love junkie. And, but I'm also a Virgo moon, which makes me very logical <laughs> in choices, <laughs> right? And so. Sometimes I can mess you up too, being a Virgo moon, okay? But what I'll say to this is that sometimes we get caught up in that, like that Michael Jackson song, in the high of falling in love. You know, right now you're in a web of mystery, the possibility of more to come, right? And that's what happens when people get into relationships, you know? And a lot of time, nobody wants to iron out tough shit. <laughs> That's what Harry and Megan reminded me of tonight. It's very human not to iron out the tough shit. Like you get married, and you're like you're already gonna, you're always gonna find in marriage surprises. Okay, That's just life. But when you don't iron out the tough shit, it makes it very hard to get through the mazes. Tough shit, like, does our purposes match? Do we, can we keep evolving together? Can this grow? Shit like that, right? Your family, my family. All these things are so tough for just regular people. Let alone when you're dealing with the institution and world rulers like the royal family. That is some tough shit. Because not only are you marrying a man care about, but you're marrying a prince. A business, an institution. We've talked about this shit before. Have we talked about this shit? If you were listening to this show, you we we done already been through this. Megan Markle said some things tonight. <sighs> that disturbed me. And I watched Harry's body language. There were so many things in this interview, by the way. Oh, my God, so much fucking symbolism. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it hard to contain. I'm trying to get my thoughts all together because y'all know how I do this show. I do this show raw with a few, few notes. Oh, my God. So many good little things. But the most interesting thing to me was that Oprah asked her this thing about Wish I had it pulled up. Let me see. Can I find it? She, she was costing the firm. 
she starts to refer. This is one. This is a good one up. I got one up. Where where she talks about meeting Harry's grandma for the first time, right? And I found it very interesting. Now, I got some astrology I got to talk about on this, too, because I know how I love astrology, so I'm going to talk a little bit about this tonight, too. So I'm going to be going in and out. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm going to be talking about her being a Leo and stuff like that, but and how this affected is affecting her her situation, too, okay? Uh, and, and, you know, I would give it up to this, Megan being young and not looking up information about Harry, but Megan was 30-some years old and had been married before, okay? So she's a grown woman, okay, when she, by the time she meets Harry. Yeah, we got to play this clip, honey. Because, y'all, remember when I talked about Eric Benet last week on Holly Berry? Remember when I said, Eric Benet said, I just thought I was marrying another creative. I wasn't. I'm not the type to be impressed by another celebrity. And I was like, Ah, that's where you got it wrong, Eric Benet. Be impressed, I said. Be very impressed. And the reason why I said that because you're not marrying the average creative. You're marrying a woman who's managed to monetize her creativity, and she has a whole team that comes with her. So when you marry that celebrity, you're marrying into a firm. Now, with Megan, it's a little different. She's not only marrying fame and infamy, infamy too. She's also marrying royalty, royalty and she's marrying world rulers and politics. Let's listen to Megan. And her idea about Harry's family. Check this out. Great. I love grandma. I love my grandmother. I used to take care of my grandmother. This is great. You're in the car and he says, okay, well, my, my grandmother's there, so you're going to meet her. Oh, great. I love grandma. I loved my grandmother. I used to take care of my grandmother. This is great. He goes, right, do you know how to curtsy? What? So do you know how to curtsy? Now, I thought genuinely that that was what happens outside. Yeah. I thought that was part of the fanfare. Or, uh-huh. I didn't think that's what happens inside. And yeah. I said, but it's your grandmother. He goes, it's the queen. Wow. And that was really the first moment that the penny dropped. There was also a story, did you hear this one, about you making Kate Middleton cry? Okay, we're going to save that one. But there's, there's a lot in that statement right there. She says to him, Oh, that's your grandmother. And she said she thought all that stuff was from from the outside, like curtain and everything like that. No. Royals, they're royals. That's the way of life. Mm. So she looks at the view, that's your grandmother. Like, oh, yeah, that's your grandma. We're about to go meet. He said, no, we're not getting ready to go meet my grandma. Bitch, we getting ready to meet the queen. <laughs> it's the queen. And she said that's when the penny dropped. Let me explain something to you. She as she goes into the interview. She continues to talk about, first of all, there's a couple of things I didn't like about Megan in this interview. I tell you, I did, there's some things I did not like. 
one of the things about this interview is that Megan goes on, she she begins to talk about how she expected the royal family to protect her from the press. They didn't even protect Diana from the press. The press works as a sort of two-way street for the royal family. Just like it works for politicians in America in some ways. Because royalty does want wants to keep their position. They want to keep collecting fucking taxes and property and shit like that from the the people in the country. They don't want them to fucking overthrow them. So they learned they built up protocols and all types of things to protect themselves from the public ever thinking they're like the oh 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 y'all gotta see the <laughs> for the public ever thinking they're like them. They have to they can, they have to be human in some in some instances, but in some instances to be royal you have to be more than human because you're in a different position. See, this is big. This is big. That's why I say it's heavy is the head that wears the crown. This is with positions in life. When you a boss or a manager or, or things like that, your crown is different. So sometimes you gotta be you gotta have a hum, human touch, but you also gotta know that you're not the Employees, you're in, say for instance, you you're the manager of the employees. So you have to, in some senses, you have to keep your title, but you also have to be human enough to touch. And she didn't understand that. She didn't understand where she was coming into. And she said in this interview that she didn't do any study of the family. She's like, you know, why should I? I didn't think about that. And I thought that was very naive. She said everything she thought she she knew she would had need to know she she got from Harry. Mm-mm-mm. Now I don't believe her, of course. Megan is a thirty-some-year-old woman. I don't believe the bullshit that she did not have an inkling about. She said we never knew about in my family. We never talked about the royals. Everybody was fucking talking about Diana. Back in the day, even if you just heard it a little bit, she was basically saying she had no inkling of the royal family. I don't believe that shit. <laughs> right? And she's a grown ass woman. That's the first thing she she may have some clue of them, but she can't tell me that marrying into a family where he just told you that you know, he you have to curtsy to his grandmother, and she finally realizes that. The grandma's the queen. That this was going to be something different. That she and even including the things that her husband, her, her husband to be at the time, was telling her, she never went thought to go look up the family. And I'm going to tell you something. How even more naive, crazy she was. She goes on. She says she talks about how she goes with riding with uh, Harry's grandma on the train. Now she's still thinking of her as a grandma. And she's like, oh, it was so fun. She was so nice to me. The queen, they were very nice. They were, she was very nice. She had a blanket on me. Uh, she had, she put a blanket over her, and then I, she, and she, she, and I think she said something about she got up under the blanket or something like that over her legs or, or something like that. But she was looking at her through the eyes of a grandmother in that moment. But, but here's the deal. That old bitty ain't no grand, just no grandma. That old bitty over there is the head. She's been running a monarchy for damn near 60 years. She got thrust into that shit, 
and how how she got thrust into that shit was crazy. And this this chick has learned. Listen, if anybody should have been angry about having to carry the fucking crown, it should have been her. So she ain't get she she's hardcore. Oh, Biddy ain't just grandma over there. Oh, Biddy is the ruler of the West, one of the super power, one of the super Great Britain of the Western world, and she's been ruling it for sixty fucking years. The bitch know what it's about, okay? So don't get to the fact that she got it twisted, looking at her like she was some grandma. See, the queen already knew what was up. She was the queen was fooling her, making her think, oh yeah, you thinking I'm a sweet little grandma, but I'm about that life. <laughs> and every time they start talking about the firm versus the family, yes, the royals are protected by uh, people that counsel them and everything, but they're still the fucking royals. It's, a, it's inclusive. It's everything comes together. So what I found amazing is that this thirty-some-year-old woman, thirty-some-year-old woman who had been married and divorced, did not look up. Who was married, by the way? She was an actress and she married a talent agent. Mm, don't think that doesn't put put. And I kept in mind tonight that she's an actress, okay? I kept that in mind tonight. Um, listen, there's a lot of things I saw in this interview. The, the first thing was I, I, her saying that she was naive to, to, to the royal family. And that and we all, in some senses, people who get married in relationships or whatever, you are all naive when you come into anything. Even if she read up on the royal family, all she was to read, she still had to expect some things that she could never expect before. Okay, But I don't feel sorry because the information was out there, and she was very careless about how she reproached that that position and that marriage. And this is what I'll say to you people out here today, okay? Let me just say this. It ain't just about falling in love. Can I just say that? I've said this on the show before. Marriage is 60 to 70% love, and it's 20 to 30% of fucking everything else. And that 20, 30 to, 20 to 30% can fucking fuck it up, okay, if you ain't got it down. And I will say, and in the most seasoned couples, okay, so what I will say on this note is that you, when you're in a relationship, and you, what you can learn from Meghan Markle is that it is very important to approach the person and the person to approach you with an understanding of who they are in that space where they are the are the purpose they hold and the purpose they carry. If you don't understand their purpose, if you don't understand, like she didn't understand that she was marrying into not just the business, but she was married into rulers, world rulers, politics. Some real shit, bloodlines. She didn't catch that. She didn't, and that to me, she handled very badly. She didn't, and this is my personal. She she tried to play it off. Megan tried to play it off. It's uh, why? And thank God I didn't know all that because I would, I would have been, I would have probably acted nervous. No, that you should have. She wanted to be relaxed around them like they were normal, but they're not a relaxed family, and they're not normal. And you are a black woman. See, boy, I'm about to get guy. I'm trying to get it straight so I can get deep for y'all tonight. But listen, she was a black woman marching into a family of colonizers, 
the biggest colonizers of the Western world. Not only that, she's a descendant of American chattel slaves. And you didn't study about this family? You didn't look to see what the fuck am I marrying into? Everybody telling me that's going to be crazy. Let me check it out. Let me read. Here's another thing. She not only married into this family, kind of just messes, not careless about not understanding what her position and her role would be, not even some understanding. And she thought it was a good thing because it helped her approach it not being nervous. No, you should have approached it very nervously because if you if you had approached it in a way that you understood it was precious for your hit for you and him in titleship, how you handled it, it could cost you some real shit, then you should, then you would have, they're not normal. So you can't approach them as normal. And so there was no, there was no awe in what she was doing when there should have been very, you should have been humbled by that because that would have helped you see whether you belong there or not. Love is important, but it's not the most important. Now, I'll tell you something about her, too. She's half black, but she's never really, my personal opinion, I've read a lot on Meghan Markle, she never really had a black experience. It looked like, to be honest, she ran from blackness. And to and if she hadn't, if she really had a black, um, much of a black experience, she would have really been very careful entering into that family. That's how I knew she didn't have much of a black experience because black people be asking a bunch of questions because you know we we because we know we we we're we're in it and we're not trying to. Megan strikes me as a as a a person who would uh, who who will who will say something about her mixed race, but yet still hide in whiteness, still feel like I'm going to avoid race. I'm a white girl. Try to float through life as a mixed white girl. But she didn't understand she was going over there with the colonizers, and they was about to let her know who the fuck she was. Okay, she got her what Paul Mooney called her nigga wake-up calls. Have you ever heard Paul Mooney talk about nigga wake-up calls? Look look up Paul Mooney and nigga wake-up calls. <laughs> but that's what she got. She was thinking that she was going to be treated like every white girl in tact because most of her time she was when she she was around liberal whites in Hollywood or Mary or Canada and stuff like that and she really hadn't tapped into something that like a royal family. But when she tapped into royalty, they let her know, "Oh, you don't understand. We see you nigga." That's exactly what they did. And they niggered her up when she got over there, and she didn't even know. This is traumatic for her because she didn't even know how they would that they would receive her as a black woman. She was so naive. She was like, Oprah asked her in an interview. She said, "Well, did you ever think about race?" She said, "Well, they wanted to talk about race, but I, I like she was avoiding it. How could you avoid it? Marrying into a European family that practiced marrying." Bloodlines, practice classism, all kinds of things. How did you not think that was important? Because you really never really, uh, you ran from blackness all the time. But if you hadn't ran from blackness, you wouldn't have been able, it would have helped you. 
they quickly got it straight. And a part of that is Megan's a Leo too. Megan's a, her Charlie. Megan is the sun. Leos are the sun. One thing about Leos, depending on what they got in their chart, they love to shine. I, I, Leos want to be Leos. A lot of times you'll find Leos in the entertainment world and stuff like that because Leos love the spotlight. They're the sun. They want. They're the lion. What is the lion in the jungle? He's king of the jungle. He's walking around. You know, the lions love the spotlight and. She's she's gonna search for the spotlight because she she was an actress and everything. So she thought that this would give her more spotlight. But what she didn't understand is that's pro, there's protocol to that shit. And you ain't gonna come in here with your little story and outshine shine the throne. And that's what she was headed towards. They already went through that shit with Diana. They ain't about to go with it. Go through it with a little half black girl. No, with a little black girl because they don't play that half. Little black girl. From uh, American chattel slavery, you not about to outshine this fucking European throne. Hey, that's facts. She didn't understand that because she thought she was one of the Europeans. But they let her know quickly, little girl, that's not happening. With the story with Kate Middleton, when Kate Middleton made her cry, she said tonight, she told that story, and I'm going to play a little bit of that. And they put it in the papers that it was the opposite, opposite way. Oh, they was giving her her wake-up call. And now she's ran back over to America. Listen, it's, she brought the boy, got the got the boy, uh, the prince, out of his family, ran back over to America to what? L.A. of all places, because what? She can't stand to not be in the sun. She's a Leo. She's going to want to be an actress. She's going to want to be on, on TV. She's going to seek attention. And you can see Prince. You can see Harry because he's in he's stuck between a racist family and a girl who likes the sun, so he doesn't know what to do. I'm a Leo ascendant. I like the sun. Okay, so that's I'm a, I'm a Scorpio uh, uh, sun. Uh, I I'll shun it, but I also like it. <laughs> right. So so she he ran between he go he goes between uh, um he's going between a family that he's been raised in his whole life. And then he's trying to figure out this chick he done married who likes the spotlight. And, you know, he's dealing with the guilt of, damn, I bought her into this family. He's, you know, and he's not understanding that she was also very careless with him and his position and his titles. She failed to realize and look at who he was so she could handle that with reverence. I don't care anybody you get with. I'm going to explain this to y'all. This is from lessons from people I know, from myself, other things. I will tell you it is important to understand in a partnership or in a relationship purpose. And where you going, because if you don't got the, if the purpose ain't right, it is going to wear on you. It is going to wear. And I saw that young man tonight, and there was a part of the show where I was going, the prince is in the chicken coop. Now I'm a shout on that for y'all. That's what we used to do in church when the preacher say something deep, and then everybody stop and start shouting. I'm shouting right now. The prince was in the chicken coop. Oh, it was prophetic. Y'all like, Carl, I don't know what you mean. He looked like he happy. He's confused right now. The prince was in the chicken coop. Even if, you know, what I believe, I don't know about the bloodline prince, but he still was raised by royalty. The prince was in the chicken coop. 
feeding chickens. He looked so out of place. And he looked like he was looking like he was out of place. All because neither him and nor her, but especially her, because he was explaining to her what it was about this family, but she didn't understand her position and herself enough. She carelessly went into that family, carelessly married him, and put him in a position where he had to give up his purpose. I don't think it was smart, and I hope for her sake that he remains happy because now while she was saying she was sad and depressed in the palace, sad and depressed, now she's pulled him into her world in Hollywood, and I hope he's it's not opposite. Now, he's used to shine, but he ain't used to being without palace protection. Now, they now I'm going to tell you this. They always going to be looking at their ass, okay? Don't let them fool you. They they got somebody watching their ass because they, that's, that's they, the queen don't want to be getting no ransom letters and shit. They might be telling them, hey, you know, we ain't going to protect you, and it may have a lot of racial implications and shit, but Megan should have known that shit. Had Megan understood what being a black woman is, the world, and in America, had she understand her race and her background, she would have asked more questions. She would have did more investigation. She would have did a whole lot more before she put her future seed, her future children and everything else in that bag. But I'm telling you, that girl went into that. My personal opinion for clout She went in there looking for the sun And they ran her ass back out of there Letting her know Oh no sis you will not be the sun The only thing shining around here is the fucking crown But it ain't gonna be no little black girl Now Diana tried that shit And Diana is Diana is a bloodline But your little ass ain't about to try It's not happening And she had the story to do it they knew she was going to start coming up over people like Kate Milton and stuff like that. She And plus, Harry, people like Harry a whole lot. And they don't have that pressure of that of the of being the next in line to the throne. So they were going to be the likable couple. She didn't take she didn't take into account none of that. And now she's got that man outside and, and she was saying, oh, it's for love. It's for love, and love, love will uh, conquer out. Love will conquer out. No, you can hear the genuine hurt in that man's voice of losing his 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 his, his charities, his uh, losing his um, losing his uh, losing his uh, 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 army. The things where he got when he was in the uh, the the. Um, Military in London All those things you can see And he said yes I'm still hurt But he's saying he did it for love But I think there, I can still see that sense of He wasn't sure Because when you listen to her talk I can see why he's not sure Because there was a sense of Handling him Not carefully ha- Not handling him with understanding who he was and what his purpose was. There was a sense of naivety that he should have, naivete that he should have even noticed. 
the naivete of saying, I'm just like my grandmother. No, it's not like your grandmother. He, 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 read, he read games to her. It's the queen. And having the discussion with her, and here's the thing about her, too. She only raped me. She didn't understand that from any kind of perspective. She had no perspective of coming into this white European colonizing family from a position of being a black woman where your history, half of your history is chattel slavery. And she went in there blindly just saying, you know, I'm going to just marry a prince. I'm going to marry a prince. That's what it sounds like. I don't believe she's that dumb. I, I don't want to believe that's dumb because what she, to, make, to me tonight, what she said is, I was careless in my choice. I was careless. I didn't look at everything good. And now I have my husband outside of his call. I have my husband outside of his duty. I put my family in a very dangerous position, and 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 and, and love may not conquer all. I don't know yet. Because love sometimes, you can have love, but you got to have wisdom. And tonight I saw a prince in a chicken coop, and I thought that was very symbolic. A prince outside, you know, the the story of the uh, of the uh, eagle that marries the chicken. <laughs> and the eagle doesn't know he's a he's a he's a he's a, 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 a he's a he's a he's a eagle, and he's hanging out in the chicken coop. And finally one day an eagle sees him and comes down and says, "Hey, you an eagle." And he realized he got to leave the chicken. He's been living down here with the chickens, even though he probably loved the chickens and everything. But he's meant to be an eagle. He's meant to fly. He's meant to be something different. He's an eagle. He's a fucking eagle. He ain't supposed to be down there in a fucking chicken coop. Because he's an eagle. Tonight, that's what Harry looked like to me. I said, damn, he's in the chicken coop, feeding chickens. He looks out of place. The prince is in the chicken coop feeding prince. <laughs> feeding chicken. <laughs> hey, listen. Love conquers all. Love. I believe he 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 you he had to trade. He had to pay a price. He's gonna have to pay a hefty price to watch his child grow up. He hasn't been trained to live. I hope she understands. He was not raised to live civilian life. He was not raised to live civilian, uh, and she thinks going to Hollywood is going to help because Hollywood somewhat has a little bit of a royalty energy. But what he'll miss is the power of the royal uh, of the royal throne. And if he can come to a, a, a peaceful, a very peaceful uh, thing about that in his own heart, if he can let go of that. And and also check her, because we're going to have to check her. I can tell him that right now. Because I can see she's the dominant. She's a Leo. If he can begin to be, kind of get a hold of that and under and, and, and get a hold, then he can do very well. But if he can't let go of the process, because he wasn't, this isn't just a, a celebrity thing he's in. He's a he's a member of the royal family, and even if you remember the story, they've been telling the story on the Crown about uh, one of the stories in the Crown is a series that comes on about the royal family. 
but they they have all kind of documentaries. I knew this stuff. I mean, they have all kind of documentaries and stuff. I like history, so they, you know, they have all kinds of things out here. You can find out things about the royal family, and the uncle that's uh, that seceded from the crown. I wish Oprah would have got into that tonight because I would have loved to hear Harry's take on that. Now that he's in a similar situation as his uncle, his great uncle. From years ago, I would have loved that if she had touched on that. Um, but uh, when his uncle, his uncle advocate at how they, how this family, how their their line became royalty is their uncle married an American divorcee, which was a no no in the uh, you know it was the 1930s, 1930s. I forget when it was, but he had to advocate the throne. He had to give up the throne. And that's how uh, Queen Elizabeth father got the throne because his the father the father the original person who was originally supposed to be king left the throne so he could marry this american woman and they could live happily ever after here is the interesting thing they never had children but the interesting thing is is that he lived i think he didn't go away from europe which is interesting that uh that here he goes to america because america itself is rebellion against uh uh, Europe. It's the history of America itself. Is America was once a, a Great Britain colony, so Great Britain is is America's mama, and America, uh, you know, the American Revolutionary War was about a, a rebellion from the throne, the crown, and he they come here have that's very symbolic, rebellion from the throne. Uh, but anyway, going back to that, the uncle. The uncle gave up the, the gave up the throne, and he always longed for that power. Partly, in a sense, you probably, but in a sense, you kind of think he was never really happy with having to give up his duty as king. And I always talk about this part in the crown that they have, where Elizabeth comes to see him when he's dying. And in the middle of his house, it's like when she comes in the door, they have set up this uh, this thing with his scepter in it because he still was a king. And inside of his, you know, and Elizabeth looks at it because even her, she still got to come. Throne, it's still the throne. He never really fully outruns it, and he longs for it, and he longs for the thing he's mostly. And so I find myself, even though there's a lot of his stuff about Harry. Personally, in my personal opinion, there's a lot of secrets there in that family with that regarding Harry and his background and stuff like that. But my personal opinion is that Harry, my personal opinion, is going to always kind of long, maybe because he was raised in that uh, protocol. He was raised in that kind of energy. He's always going to long for what the throne gave to him. He was raised it with, to have that sense of duty and purpose, and there may be a problem with that. There may be a problem later on down the line for them, and it will be interesting um, to see what's gonna what what could happen for them in that sense. Uh, I found her to be very reckless in certain things. I, I mean, you know, and her thoughts to be very, not just naive, 
uh, I, 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 to not understand the dynamics of race, in my personal opinion, when you're marrying into a family that holds such historical value, is very dangerous. And uh, it's just like that period when you're marrying somebody, period. You have to understand purpose. You have to understand how they, you can't just marry them because you love them. You can't just say, hey, I love you. It just, it's, do, how can I be of service to you? Do I fit with you? And sometimes people find that out after they get married. Sometimes people find after they get married, they're like, God, this is, this isn't right. I, I mean, I did, I did this wrong. You know, and they try to make it work, but a lot of times you, you know, you can save yourself a lot of drama if you say to yourself, because marriage is already going to be full of ups and downs and dramas and stuff like that. But you can save yourself a lot of drama if you ask yourself the question. If you say. If you ask yourself the question of, how can I say this? Do I belong in this person's life? Am I going to take them out of something? It's different. Now, if you take them like Carrie said, like Oprah asked a question about, did do you feel like Megan saved you? And he said he really didn't. He didn't really see anything wrong with the royal family until she came along. Now, sometimes that may be true. Sometimes somebody may be coming along to save you out of something that was never you. Now, I got some questions about Harry's paternity. I always have. I ain't going to lie to y'all. <laughs> now, you know, but at the same time, I also understand that he was raised in that family, so no matter what it is, he is a royal, okay? he That's all he's ever known. But I also looked at him tonight. And I saw, like, the very um, lack of sure, like, not sure that I did the right thing. I saw his words saying, you know, okay, I did the right thing. I did, but not really, like, should I be away from my family? Should I be, you know, this is all I ever know. And this, you know, and maybe this is a, a moment of growth for him, but what scared me about him, I would have felt better about their situation had I not heard her be so careless. Because she thinks that, she wears that has a, a badge of honor. I don't believe she's telling the truth when she says she didn't look up anything about them. I don't believe that. But she says she's using it and saying that she didn't to make herself feel like she's naive, I find that to be reckless. And what's even more reckless is for her to say, uh, you know, I'm glad I didn't to, to, to come back and try to okay something that she should have very well done. She should have, if it was available to her, she should have very well looked and said, what am I stepping into? Because I know that marrying him, because he, he was letting her know, marrying him is not just, I'm not just marrying uh, 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 my prince and we're going to live happily ever after. I'm marrying an institution. And I know that in order to be his best wife, the best woman I can be towards him, I need to understand if I can do this bullshit. You know, because I would have been, hey, hey, let me tell you something. Me and Harry, I would have been out here marrying Harry, 
Harry, I'll tell him right now, Harry, I can't handle that bullshit. I, I talk my I talk up, I speak my mind. <laughs> you know what? There's some things I can work you know, I would have saw it immediately. I, I can't marry no colonizers. And now if you plan on leaving them, that's something you need to do on your own. But there ain't going to be no bullshit I'm going to make you do. Because so, they ain't going to blame me because I understand if anything that happens with you, they're going to blame my ass, my black ass. Because I know how they work. I know how they roll. I know how white supremacists roll. And I will not <laughs> ruin your life and my life. Now, if you want to leave them on your own and come to me, that's a different story. But you ain't going to marry me and then give me some shit. And then I got to deal with these they these asses coming at they asses coming after me and you know it's a hit when they done pull security off your ass. They, they, they almost like they leaving them out there like, yeah, something happened their ass. They ain't got that good of security like they would have had with the royal family. <laughs> I mean, it's some wild shit. But she, the fact that she did not look, did not even think it was necessary and laughed and still was going. But she was dealing with some very real shit. Like she was surprised when they start asking when a royal member of the family said, hey, they were concerned about Archie's skin color. Had she known the history of the family, she would have understood that. She would have understood what was going on, where that racial energy was coming from, where that white supremacy. Hell, even her own husband was was at a party one time, a costume party or something, wearing a swastika. sticker. Shit, what the fuck she think this is? She ain't asked no questions concerning race. She never had a discussion with him. Hey, Harry. Now, because, see, I wouldn't. I would say, listen here now. I remember seeing your ass at that party with that swastika sticker shit on. Now, let's talk, because I'm half black. I mean, what was that about? Like, she didn't have any kind of discussions with him? Because I would have brought all that up if I was Oprah. I would have said, now, here, now, you know, at one time you was running around here with a swastika. sticker. I, I, Megan, did you know that? Did you have that discussion with him? Because that would have told you very much where, see, a lot of black women, y'all out here celebrating Meghan Markle, and y'all do that shit. Black women will do that shit. Black women, not all black women, but a lot of black women will celebrate somebody like Meghan and Mary because we tend to think, some people think white men are saviors, but they will celebrate, look, she in the palace. Oh, she the, pre- she the queen ain't so nice in the palace, okay? Are you hating because she marrying a royal? She, the, she, we in the house, we the queens, uh, not understanding what they are and who they are and white supremacy and not understanding what Meghan Markle was. Meghan Markle ran from, to my, in my personal opinion, was a woman that ran from her black experience right into the royals who reminded her that she should have had a black experience because they show her white supremacy on fleek. They, it's fleek something they use nowadays. I don't think they use it no more. They show her, they show her white supremacy right up. That's why I like the, uh, Donald Trump. You need to see the uh, uh, white supremacy in your face. And that's what they showed her. They say, like, oh, no, honey, let me explain to you what you are. Uh, your child will not be a prince. Oh, is your child, what color are those kids going to turn out to be? Well, they won't get these prince titles if they're dark. And even Harry right now. He's even hiding the fact he don't even want to throw his family. Well, my grandmother and my and my family, they're all very nice. No, your grandma is that institution. And whatever questions they had and whatever questions they was asking, they was asking on behalf of the crown. Whatever they trying to protect, they protecting it on behalf of the crown. 
Harry, you look weak to Megan and your family. And that's why Megan, I blame her for the situation she's in. Because had she had her had she had her black experience already, she would have been wiser about it. But also, she would have uh, she 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 wouldn't have uh, she would have understood that this family is going to do that to her, and it wouldn't be such a shocker. That wasn't a shocker to me at all that they was asking about color. Not a shocker. Not at all. I remember I once saw a documentary on the royal family, and one day they said that the the old uh, protocol used to be that you had to marry another bloodline member. She had to be a virgin, and a pure, uh, a, 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 a pure like a pure white person really was what they were saying. So I already knew the about how that family wrote. And so she go up in there thinking they not rolling like that. Is she crazy? Is she small? I think she's a little bit of all. I think she pretending to be a little bit of all of it. But I think what happened, here's my, and I'm going to make some people mad with my idea. My idea is that she when she thought that as a royal she was going to get shine, she was going to get to live this life, this royal life. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm married to Prince Harry. We can do what we want to do and all this stuff. And she thought... In her head, because she is a Leo, she thought she was going to be the sun, but she didn't realize that that crown was going to block her sunlight. That crown was going to say, uh-uh-uh, you don't get to be the sun over here with your little black self. <laughs> no, you will not outshine not only the crown, but you won't outshine these white women. Are you crazy? That's her fault. And she got upset because she couldn't shine. See, because she was like, I gave up my, this is what she said. She said, she said, people, people, she was saying people, because people were saying she was being manipulating and everything to the crown, which I think she was a little bit of manipulating. I think she a little bit manipulated her, uh, uh, she, I think she was a little bit manipulating to, um, her situation, and the reason why I think she was a little bit manipulating is because she, I think she was trying to maneuver herself into, you know, with Harry or whatever, but I also think that um, she, one of the things she said during the interview was, well, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I gave up my job for him. I gave up, girl, because you thought you was going to get even more shine. Keep in mind this, okay? And I can be honest, okay, because you know, I like entertainment. I'm doing the show at night. I do the show at night or whatever. I like it, you know, depending on what's in your chart and everything. I'm a Leo Ascendant. Leo Ascendants, we like uh, light and glam. Usually they say Leo Ascendants like it for purpose because they want to use it for a larger purpose. Leos just like the sun a lot of times, not all of them, but they just like the sun. They like to glow and be the person out there, and that's probably a little bit why she's an actress. Because that's a, she she craves, and most people that are creatives, a lot of times they have a sense, a need for uh, public adoration and validation. You need that a little bit when you're an entertainer. And any entertainer that tells you, well, I don't really like the 
they come in on stage, they maybe have a little bit of stage fright or something, but they like it. And if you don't, you probably should be singing at your local donut shop or for church on Sunday morning or in your shower. But if you do it for a lifespan, most entertainers have a need for um, for some form of, of, of validation in, in, in from the public. And so I think Megan, uh, Megan has a need for that. Being an actress, she has a need to be. You know, she wants to. Uh, she wants to be. Uh, she wants to to be liked and adored, and when she realized she wasn't going to get that being the uh, the uh, being a part of the royal family, it wasn't going to come in the way she thought it was going to come. What did she do? What did she do? She headed back. First, she went to Canada. They went to Canada faking, but she headed back to what? L.A. Hollywood, and every listen. I'm going to run y'all game with Meghan Markle real quick. Not only did Meghan Markle come back more famous than she ever was because she's only famous because of that crown. Y'all didn't know who the fuck she was when she was playing in that Canadian series Suits. Didn't y'all don't lie. Y'all know who the fuck Meghan Markle was before she was dating Harry. She was on some little show over there in Canada called Suits. Nobody knew who the fuck she was, okay? Oprah didn't know who the fuck she was. Serena didn't know who the fuck she was. She wasn't hanging around none of these none of these people. It's when she got into that royal family, it connected her. They wanted to be around her ass, not because they she was some unknown actress from Canada, Canada. I mean, Canada living in, up in Canada on a show in Canada. No, they wanted to be connected to her ass because she was connected to that crown. Okay, so then she comes back with all that crown, that crown, that energy from the crown, trying what? And I said, I didn't, we didn't know actually that uh, we would have the Netflix deal, bitch. You didn't know, but you sensed it. Okay, that can you can't fool me, Megan Markle. I know game when I see game. Game came back to L.A. Game came back to L.A. And got and it, it, nobody knew who she was. She wasn't hanging around no Tyler. Tyler Perry didn't know who the hell she was when she was over there on suits. You know why Tyler Perry gave him his house? He wanted to be associated with royalty. It was Harry shit. It's it's that crown shit. They not impressed. They like, we want to help a little black girl. No, they want to be uh, linked to the crown. And what helped her is that crown. The crown has helped Meghan Markle in more ways than she has ever been before. Meghan, didn't nobody know you. So the crown has helped her life. I don't care what she said. Her and Harry, like Harry was talking about, I told y'all, remember, and let me tell y'all this. All y'all was talking about Harry, they, oh, they get, they had to give up, they, they took all their money. What did I tell y'all on the show a couple of shows ago? I told y'all, uh-uh, Harry ain't broke. His mama is Diana. His daddy is uh, allegedly uh, Charles. He ain't gonna never be broke. Charles can give him. Charles got millions. Charles can sneak money. He ain't gonna be broke. Charles gonna probably leave him something in the. If Charles, something, Charles fall out tonight, he gonna have some money. He said, "Well, the only thing that helped me was my mother's money, which is a substantial estate. He ain't starting from zero, okay? Don't get it twisted out of these streets, y'all. Please don't get it twisted." Please understand what these people are. Let's not be out here playing games, okay? That's all I want to say. That's all. Don't don't look at this. 
this situation and <clears throat> see it has and see it has a situation where you are looking at two people who just done got left out in the cold with no with a dollar. No, these are they and got their security taken. No, Diana's estate was pretty nice. Lord Jesus, I can't do it. I mean, it it is what it is. We can't. I can't let them uh, be uh, playing games, pretending. Because a lot of times they're gonna play games with the public, and now she then came back over here because she needs. Now she needs. She's 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 gonna feed off of every bit of that blackness. That's why she's doing interviews with Oprah. She's playing a race card now. Oh well, race is now a problem. <laughs> oh Lord, you like some of y'all like Carlotta can't love just win. Um, okay, I can tell y'all that. Let's hope love wins, but I'm gonna tell y'all facts. Okay. She playing, they they playing, they playing with some dangerous shit. That's all I'll tell you. Messing with that crown, the crown is not to. Y'all better read about the history of that crown. It ain't to be fucked with. Okay, I have to tell you that right now because it is more than a, uh, it is more than a, a an institution. We're talking about re- rulerships and all kinds of things. So it's it's. It's nothing to. It's something that she should have been odd about. And when she was on the, um, when she was on the, um, on the train with that little old lady, that old lady wasn't just her like a grandma. Oh, she's like a grandma. She, you could see she wasn't odd by being in the presence of what she was in. She wasn't even humbled by it. She trying to think of the queen as a little old grandma. That ain't no little old grandma. That old bitty, like I said, been running this shit for the last sixty years. And ain't even gave up that she, what is she, 99 years old and still ain't giving that crown up to Charles. She like, I ain't giving my my crown to Charles. She got better sense. <laughs> oh, no, that she she had it twisted. She don't know, she didn't know what. She, she, she got that, she got that whole family twisted. And that's why she's in the situation she's in today. Okay. So that's all I got to say about Meghan Markle tonight and Harry. I might probably have a little bit more uh, during the uh, maybe during the show next week. But listen, when I saw when I saw tonight, I was like, mm mm. I said she 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 was very reckless in how she uh, how she handled that situation, and um, it's unfortunate for her. It, it, it was unfortunate that she had to go through that. But she could have saved herself a lot of trouble had she just um, investigated the family a little bit more and understood what she was getting into. And that's a and that's a lesson for all of y'all out there to investigate when you getting into something, when you marrying somebody. It's sort of like what Tyrese. Remember Tyrese's um, uh, wife came out last week and she was talking about don't marry famous men. And she was saying all the uh, stuff that comes with that. Well, that's because you know you you have to be a little bit odd. But I, I keep telling you, you got to be a little bit odd and a little bit humble, because you 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 can't imagine all the stuff that happens. But you really ain't gonna imagine you if. But if you don't really have a sense of it, uh, you can only have a sense of it if you. Um, If you don't go in naive, 
you have to understand if you're marrying a, a, a celebrity tonight or a royal family member or, or if you're just marrying uh, if you're just marrying a, a somebody who is a doctor, you got to understand what all that means to your life and your lifestyle, and what does that mean to your purpose? Are you are you ready to be married to that type of person? Like you know, you you get the idea of Therese, uh, Tyrese's situation with the with the young lady, and she was like, you know, she was saying she just wasn't ready. I mean, she didn't really understand what it all came with. So that means that to me, in some senses, a lot of times women don't have a clue of what it means to be married to somebody in the public eye, and that and and, and that's very hard. You know, it puts you up another status tonight. If you get, just think about it, <clears throat> let me just say this, and this in Megan's this situation was very different, but this is why I say understanding the price and the cost of who you get with. And who you uh, have relationships and how those partnerships work, but you know if somebody Megan's situation is very different. But if you have to marry, let's say for instance, let me use a, <clears throat> a good idea. If you marry, let me put throw Tyrese out there. You marry Tyrese tonight, and let's say you a chick with a little bit of weight on you. Okay. Now Tyrese may like that weight. Tyrese might be like, you know, I like you thick. I like you just the way you are, girl. <laughs> right? But you getting ready to be in the public eye at award shows, all that shit, okay? There's going to be pressure to look good. Okay? Now, you might have been sitting around here eat, eat, sitting around eating bonbons and cookies and, 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 and chocolate chips and all kind of stuff. But, bitch, you're going to have to get in the gym, okay? <laughs> Y'all like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. You say, call out of some people got that. No, but if you want to avoid the press talking shit about you, because they're going to talk shit about you whether you're small, skinny, or anything, but if you want, you don't want to give people an added shit, you're going to have to get in the gym. You're going to have to, it's, it's, you're gonna have to be, do a little bit more because your public appearance and how you appear at different shit with him is going to be different. So you got to understand what that entails. Damn, I might can't, you know, I might can't eat my cookies like I used to. Damn, I may have to get, you may have to get some surgery and get some of this shit off. I mean, facts. Remember Kanye West's mama when she had, she died because she was going to have some plastic surgery. Why? Because she probably felt the need because she's in the, in the, in the, uh, in the public eye where she's this man's mama and people comparing her and all that shit. I'm just saying, you got to understand what the price is for whoever you marry, let alone if you're going to marry a famous person, but let alone if you're going to marry a prince. There's going to be a price that you just ain't going to skip your ass through the palace. And especially a European white supremacist colonizing family, you sure better understand what that entails. You can't just think you're going to skip through the palace and everybody going to be accepting of you. No. And that's just in life. Everybody in general, just take it as a life lesson. Let Megan Markle be a life lesson to you. That you cannot take for granted what a person's already into before you marry them. 
are before you have a relationship with him. If you have a relationship tonight, if a, of a, of a, somebody comes up to you of stature and stuff like that, you got to see how does that work? How does that work with me and you? How does that work if if I were to pay the price to be with you? I need to understand how that looks. I need to have a great understanding how it looks. I need to understand your dynamics. But with Megan Markle, like I said, she had it much easier than most of you will ever have it because her her in-laws' history is documented. I mean, she, she can go watch any video or anything. She, 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 they got a series right now on TV. Uh, two, three, and she's matter of fact, she said in that uh, she said in that interview that they watched the crown. Shit, that's about Harry's family. You should have watched some shit before uh, you got married to his ass. Then you would have been like, "Damn, hold up, <laughs> wait a minute." <laughs> but she didn't. They waited to watch the crown afterwards. You see. But she would have saved herself a lot of problems. She had that what most of y'all know, and that is big insight. Books, they got books, they got documentaries, they got movies, they got all kind of shit, and she chose not to. So I'm going to tell you young ladies out there and people, men too, you ain't going to have no documentaries. Most of y'all may not have no documentaries. This year. And if you do get a documentary, like you marrying a famous dude or a famous woman or something like that, watch that shit and be impressed and be humble. Whoever you marry, I'm talking about whoever, get clear insight to who that person is, whoever you partnership with, okay? Just get clear insight because you might not survive if you don't. I'm worried about them. I don't know if they're going to really survive, to be honest. I was looking at I wish them luck. But that family over there, I don't know how they're feeling about this tonight. This was a bombshell. And then she went on TV and acted as if and told all their business. Told all this, it's, it's, it was, it's quite the bombshell they did tonight. And they're going to stir it up. A mess. Think about who you marry. Think about purpose, everything, or who you partner with, just period. Partnerships in life, who you partner with, whoever you connect and partner with in a business, all this stuff, you need to have a clear indication or not. You can't get a perfect picture, but enough of a picture to understand, do I need to partner with this person? Do I need to be with this person? Is this person a person I need to be with? What do we bring to the table? What can they bring to the table for me? What can I, uh, you know, it, tonight if you a young lady or a young man and you choosing, you know, you got your pick of the litter out here, okay, and you choosing between, ah, oh, you got a lot of, you ready to settle down or you ready to find somebody or you think you found somebody and you're trying to figure out, I got a lot of choices out here. How do I choose? You choose wisely and carefully. You weigh the facts. You weigh purpose. You weigh who can add into your life, who can add abundance into your life, and what are they willing to do to fit into your world, and what are you willing to do to fit into theirs? You have to have those discussions. If you don't have those discussions, they're not romantic. No, they're not. 
But it ain't just about falling in love. That's why I told, talked to y'all about that Michael Jackson song when I first started. Because it ain't just about falling in love. Because you can ruin somebody's life. So you get you need to really sit and to have this have a conversation, you know a lot of and have a conversation about purpose and do we fit? And it ain't gonna be a romantic one, okay? You know you got to have a non-romantic, you got to have a non-romantic conversation like you, you know, okay, how your family, you know, uh, you, you know your family kind of crazy, ah, yeah, they are, you know, like my, you know, I have, a, you know, you gotta have a straight up conversation about the people you getting in, because people don't understand families can break you apart more than anybody. See, she didn't have none of those. It don't sound like they had they had conversations, but it didn't it sound like she took them seriously. Because if she did, she would have had her ass looking at all that shit. I don't believe she she didn't look them up though. I don't believe that. But but she she said she didn't. But the fact that she didn't, it cost her, and it cost him, big time. So I'm saying to you guys tonight. To look to 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 study that stuff, to pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Where I would, you know, and ask people questions. Ask see if they they a good a good match or a good fit. Because it's a horrible thing when you get to a marriage and you find out, huh, maybe not. That happens a lot. But people get in and they go, ooh, ooh, you know, because they didn't ask the right questions, or they denied them. They they were in denial. So I'm saying to y'all to ask the right questions, and the right questions are never romantic. I mean, they may be good in bed and all that stuff, but if they listen, if they family, if, if you like, if, like, you know, if you got a situation where somebody is, you know, I heard a situation one time. Uh, I, what did I hear? Or oh, was it some? It was some celebrity. I forget what it was like. They, they, they races. They, they, they. I can't remember exactly, but they two groups. It was two different groups. They were married to they. They the same race, but they was married. They, the, the cultures didn't. Uh, they were two ethnic groups. Kind of didn't like each other or whatever or something like that. And they were together or whatever. And and and. <laughs> It's sort of like when you marry, that's not a good example, but it's sort of like if you marry a white man tonight or a white woman tonight and you're black, you have to ask, have uncomfortable conversations about race. You have to. How does your family feel about race? How does your this and that? You have to have those uncomfortable, and you may find in that, that that is something that you may not want to get, you know, you may not want to get into. I remember reading one time. About this, uh, I was reading this story in a in a in a, a paper, <laughs> a foreign paper, and it was about a celebrity who was dating uh, this model, right? And the model was saying that you know how her family, because they were a different race, and her family was sort of like you know, <laughs> her family was sort of like thinking they were like the person they were dating was a rapper or something. It was it was funny. I don't know. But those type little things like that can change the dynamics of a love relationship. So you, you when you, when he, they thinking that this person that she dating is just like he a regular typical black dude, like in America, and they have these stereotypes in their head, 
you got to see how is that going to affect, do you have them stereotypes? Do you carry that? How does that affect us if we get married? How does that affect our future children? You have to have all those uncomfortable conversations with partners when you give them money situations, all kind of shit, okay? That's, that's part of it, okay? You can't be scared to have the uncomfortable conversations. <sighs> so that's y'all. It's, that's kind of y'all. It's the word was from Harry and Megan. <laughs> for some of y'all who get married out of these streets, I hope that that works for y'all for tonight for that one. Okay, so when I come back, I'm going to talk about Jay-Z selling title. I think we need to have that conversation tonight. And what does that mean? You know, because Jay-Z, you know, Jay-Z said title was for the culture, right? So why are you selling it? <laughs> Oh, that's going to be our conversation we're going to get into uh, tonight right after this uh, Right after this one. Let's go listen to some Angie Stone, Too Bad Habits. It's the CC Show. I'm up doing the late night edition of the show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
All right. That's Marvin with After the Dance, Marvin Gaye. It is the CC Show. I am back. It's Late Night Hot Topics. I just got to give y'all a long speech about Harry and Meghan Markle. And uh, Harry, I'm, I'm not, I'm Harry, uh, Harry, Prince Harry and Meghan. Uh, listen, I said what I said. I don't really feel much about like I said, you know, I really wanted to discuss that. The reason why I wanted to discuss, discuss Harry and Meghan is because I think it's important for people to look at them in the view of partnerships and how you you choose people that you date and you want to be with. It's very important to for them to understand who you are and what you're about and what your life's about and, for, and, and to understand what things, listen, every relationship has, compromises. I know people say they don't, but every relationship has compromises and things that people are willing to do for love, okay? Just know your price for anything, including love. You have to have a price. You have to understand what the price is and when the price is too high. And uh, for Meghan Markle, I think that she didn't understand what the price was for being uh, married into the royal family. I still don't think she understands what the price is because she's still married into that family. She can have that prince in the chicken coop. He's still a prince in the chicken coop. You know what I'm saying? He's still an ego out of place, okay? He's still going to be in the chicken coop. He's still going to be Prince Harry. You can take him out of there and dust him up and try to make him Hollywood or whatever. He's still a prince in the chicken coop. I found that so symbolic tonight when he was in that chicken coop. I said, look at him. Uh-huh. But anyway, let's talk about Jay-Z and Tyler, y'all. Forbes estimating again. Billionaire Jay-Z's net worth jumps 40% with sales of streaming service title and champagne brand, Okay. Uh, it says, over the past two weeks, the rapper struck deals to sell his boutique music streaming service and half of his champagne brand, Armand de Brignac, adding an enormous pile of cash to his already massive fortune. Okay, um, so they think. Uh, listen, uh, anybody who's read TV leaves on the wall knows what this is about. This is about, you know, we have just come out of a minute, a, a big thing, a big pandemic. And uh, everybody, people, uh, people ain't popping Ace of Spades bottles in the club in the last year. Okay, uh, these this pandemic has shown uh, how solid people's businesses are and how solid they ain't. Um, you know, one thing I was thinking about this the other day, and I was having this discussion with somebody. I was saying how Diddy, you could you can really kind of see the difference a little bit, even though Diddy's a glorified brand manager too, but. One thing about Diddy that I really can say is that he's very smart. You can see that he's really a business guy in terms of certain things because uh, Sharon, uh he didn't do what Jay-Z did. He, he, not buying Ciroc. He doesn't own Ciroc, but he's the brand over the brand of Ciroc. And uh, he has, it has a parent company. He partners with a parent company for Ciroc. But the thing is that he took a vodka and he's 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 made it quite the household name. Like that vodka is is used not just at clubs to to, to pop bottles, but it's people at home having little get-togethers and parties. So he's really kind of made a situation where um, with the rock is that it sells to normal people, but it also can be high end. 
and the interesting that he's a great they have great he always surrounds himself with great marketers marketing people uh and so uh you know i don't i don't believe he probably was has affected by uh uh the pandemic is probably somebody like jay-z who was trying to sell high-end uh wine cheap wine at high-end value my personal opinion okay but anyway Hip-hop from the beginning has always been aspirational, Jay-Z said in 2010, when Forbes got a ringside seat to the rapper's first meeting in Omaha with billionaire investor Warren Buffett. It always broke the notion that an artist can't think about money as well. More than a decade later, the rapper turned billionaire is showing exactly what he means. In his second major deal in as many weeks, Jay-Z inked a deal to sell the majority stake in streaming in his music streaming company title to Jack Dorsey's mobile payment company, Square, for $297 million. Now, here I find some interesting things going on. I don't know why he wouldn't go to somebody like Diddy, because, you know, title would have actually been a good uh, service to go in with Revolt. See, but it's very hard to know what these guys really have and stuff, because what I've understood about Jay-Z, my personal opinion is Jay-Z is a – is a glorified face of title and those ownerships. He's a, he's like, um, and you know, people often do this in business. There's a front face in business, and then there is uh, uh, people behind them, investors, investor groups. They might be the face of the investor group, like Magic Johnson, sometimes the face of the Dodgers. He might not, but he probably owns very little stake in it. The reason why they do that, and I don't like it because it exploits black people and it exploits black business, and it makes black people think they own such a big state and tries to sell this idea of black business and black aspiration when a lot of times you will look behind the veil of these companies and it's white males using black face as owners. And you'll find out that the front person owns not very little. Uh, Chasey... To me, I look at Jay-Z has a little bit of a cooter for a nation. Ever since that $150 million deal he did years ago with Live Nation, (laughs) just following him since. Very interesting. And uh, I question where Jay-Z's at in some of these deals. Like where where is he is, is it really his deal? Are they using him to promote uh, black people are doing well? Black people are this and that. They're billionaires, and you know you really don't, you really got a guy that does not really who's really selling black aspiration and trying to uh, exploit black people's hopes of black ownership uh, to get. And people investing and buying into something like a streaming service like Title. Because remember what we found out about Title when we people found out the Title he had all white employees when he bought Title in Sweden and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's very interesting. I don't mind you doing business. I love people doing great business deals. You ain't got to have you. You can add one point five, point two, or zero point zero point eight percent. I don't mind that. The thing is, don't lie and exploit people like you're selling aspirations and you really don't own it. You know, be honest. You know, people will still support you. But it's anyway saying that um, 
the transaction value of the company at about four hundred and fifty million to one hundred and fifty million more than Forbes estimate Forbes twenty thousand nineteen. Now they're estimating these numbers; they don't know. Uh, Forbes figures he netted out at one hundred and forty nine million in cash and stock, and got a board seat after buying back thirty three uh, percent of, of title from T Mobile earlier this week, and then selling that. And the third he already owned. Now, T-Mobile uh, just gave him back those shares. It's something about title that's probably, I wonder if it's doing well. And I wonder if he sold it at that, these prices they're estimating. Okay, titles or the shareholders will continue to have a stake in the company, and Jay-Z will own a small percentage as well. Now, look at this. Listen to this, okay? See, this is what we, a lot of the celebrity artists out there don't understand shit either because they don't, some of them don't have, uh, you know, don't know about business and stuff. But this, he's recruited all of these people into this idea of artists, an artist, a business built around the artist and black owned business for the culture. And this motherfucker sells this business afterwards, title and these artists. Because that's essentially what he's doing. He's a recruiter. I've been telling people that he's a recruiter. And these artists, uh, I'm hoping they understand that. It's not Jay-Z. It's the powers behind Jay-Z. But uh, I just want black people to understand what you're getting with Jay-Z. Okay? And a lot of these celebrities today, I mean, I'm just, sometimes I'm so disappointed in the celebrity collectors today. I mean, it's just like, it's like, it's not, we're not even, you know, it's like, God, you know, I don't want to be hating on them, but authenticity is very rare. It's a very rare thing. And I understand they have to have somewhat of a veil of protection, but then there's the lies that come through the cell. Like, I own this, man. I'm a business, not a businessman. And he, it's just a lot there. I mean, you know, he needs, J.C., you got to think about it. J.C. didn't even graduate from, I don't think, high school, allegedly. You know? And I know how hard it is to understand business, even if you got some business in. It's just, have we bought into this idea, of, the idea of Jay-Z, of, you know, are black people so in search of inspiration that we just believe anything? Like they're sold to us and we support these. We go, we, we give our energy and our support only for them to sell it off to white men again. Uh, I don't know. I find Jay-Z uh, a, very, uh, a very troublesome, it's just like when he went off on the NFL about Kaepernick, but then goes behind a couple years later, a year or two later, makes a deal, leaves Kaepernick out, and is now producing the NFL halftime. You know, very slick business moves, but I don't know if I would take this guy as somebody for the culture. I'm not quite sure. I feel like he's a, a, a he scored Jay-Z and money. And I heard they said academic, uh, academic or whatever said that this week or whatever on one of his shows. But I've been saying it on this show. This show's been come. I've been saying it. And I understand that a kid from Marcy Projects who doesn't have, uh, didn't have a lot of hope and everything goes into the rap world 
rides on his gangster friends, you know, wraps and backs and stuff like that. Then he wants more. And, you know, how he 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 wants, you know, he how you end up in the thought process of just thinking about self, trying to sell out at the same time that you down, but you really have crossed over into something else, and now you really are just like this big mascot face, and you really don't understand truly how you're being used either. I can understand how it can be confusing for him too. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be honest with y'all. JV is not a character um, I don't know. I have. I, I feel two ways about Jay Z. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I don't consider him a. I, I don't like the exploitation of black people. That's what I don't like, and that's my problem with Jay Z and a lot of celebrities today. Um. Yeah, but it's very interesting. I think he's having a fire sale. I don't think they really know the numbers. I don't think they really understand the numbers. And I think that they're uh, uh, they're trying to make it sound better than what it is. Oh, his wealth jump, his this and that jump. But it sounds like to me you're having a fire sale on title, and and uh, your champagne. It sounds like it sounds like failed businesses to me. So uh, you know, but hey, I can be wrong. These are all estimated numbers, by the way. Okay, Forbes is estimating these numbers off of things that they've said in the past about his company, okay? Um, I guess I want to talk to you all about this week. I wanted to make sure I hit on um, see here. Okay. I don't want to know if I want to talk. Drake Fuel is out here fueling a, a fair rumor on new track wants and needs about Kim Kardashian. Yeah, Drake, why would you even tell that? You know Kanye ain't healthy. Scorpios ain't shit. Leave that Gemini alone. <laughs> Male Scorpios can be not shit sometimes. Leave that Gemini. Quit fucking with that Gemini's mind. Maybe you think his mother was out here sleeping with people when he was. <laughs> He's just messing with. He's messing with Kanye. It, you know what? It's possible. I mean, but who really cares? I mean, it's possible that Kim slept with Drake. I would doubt it. I mean, you know, or, um, but it is kind of messy to put that out when they're going through the divorce. I mean, come on, for real. I mean, it's a lot. Okay. I mean, he's out here just telling the most. <laughs> okay. Now, the I am pining this week by denying offering and settle, settlement sexual misconduct. I'm eating this out of now. Okay. He I am pining are denying offering settlement in sexual misconduct case. Okay. Misconduct case. Okay. Now, this week, people were saying, that T.I. and Tiny were trying to settle a case. They said that's not true. Okay? Um, this is what T.I. and Tiny's lawyer tells CBS 46, okay? It says, I understand that a virtual press conference today, Attorney Blackburn claimed that the Harris has reached out to him, him through me to supposedly make a deal. 
That is patently false. I reached out to see if he would share any information since his name was posted on Instagram as the attorney for Sabrina Peterson. Blackborn repeatedly refused to provide a name, the name of his accuser, accuser clients or any um, corroborating or supporting evidence of his groundless claims. The Harris's repeat they are they are confident if a thorough and fair investigation is conducted, no charges will be um wow. T I and tiny Y'all was messy. I hope y'all don't get caught up. But I think y'all already caught up. It's already gonna hurt your career. It's already hurt. The accusations alone are killing the career. It's sad. All because y'all wanted some sloppy threesomes, allegedly. My thing here, I don't know if it's true what the women are saying, but y'all look like y'all about to get shake down our Kelly staff. That's all I got for y'all. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. It's sad, kind of, you know, because um, I mean, I I don't know if it's gonna be so good for um, in the end for um, for them. I hope I hope so, but you can lose this. I mean. This can shut down music. This can shut shut down uh, people streaming your music. I mean, there's so much when these type of these aggregate, ag, some allegations like these come out on people, and it is so damaging. And especially if you don't know if they're true or not. So I, you know, I really feel bad for Ti and Tiny. In some senses, but in some senses, I don't because it's a lesson learned. Um, I don't feel bad, especially if they if they really are guilty of doing the things they're accusing them of. But you know that's hard to prove, ladies. Again, if you come in again years later, but you know that's hard to prove. But a lot of people are saying some of these stories sound exactly alike, so it's kind of crazy. Okay, it's very crazy. So I'm just you know. I hope it, it out here in these streets it don't get rough for them and they, they end up on, on trial. Don't be crazy, all right? So, okay, also, what else is in the news I wanted to talk to y'all about? Um, <clears throat> is it Amber, Amber Geiger court date set for former Dallas officer Amber Geiger's appeal? You know, she's the young lady who claimed she broke into a police officer's. She went to a not police officer's, uh, her neighbor's house and shot and killed her neighbor because she she was a police officer. She walked into a, a neighbor's house and she thought it was her house and shot and killed the person while they inside the house sleep on the on the couch. Yeah, you know, and she got she got time in jail. But they're saying now her it says CBS is according to CBS 11 news reported in August 2020 that defense team for Amber Geiger, the Dallas police officer, gunned down both and John inside his own apartment had asked an appeals court to overturn her murder conviction. A court date for that appeal has now been set. In 2019, when Geiger was sentenced to 10 years in prison for killing her neighbor, John, as he sat on the 
sit on the sofa eating ice cream, okay? In the appeal, the lawyers for the former officer who was fired from the department nearly three weeks after the shooting cite insufficient evidence to prove she committed murder and instead asking that she be found guilty of criminally negligent homicide. The later charge is normally punishable by no more than two years in jail. Isn't that something? Mm-mm-mm. Now she came into that man's house and shot him in his own house thinking it was her child. Mm. And now she wanna to try to get out in two years. I ain't got time. I'm not gonna even get this I'm not gonna get angry tonight because I just child, I can't. I can't, y'all. I cannot. Too late. A mess. Just a hot mess. Two years. Ain't even, she ain't even been in there a good two years. She already trying to get out. In other news. Who was I going to tell y'all about? Um, coming to America too. I got to see it. How did I feel about it? I forgot to share this with y'all at the top of the hour. You know what? It's the nostalgia for me. Um, I love seeing all those people together. You know, again, I love seeing Eddie Murphy. I love seeing a lot of the old people from the first one getting work who I hadn't seen in a long time on screen, and this could up their careers in a very big way. Was it as good as Coming to America 1? No. I didn't like the person who played the son. I felt like the son was uh, was not cast good, but I loved uh, Tracy Morgan in it, uh, Blue Nail. Oh my God, it was it it was such um, a great. It it was overkill in some parts, but it was just the nostalgia of seeing all those people together. Arsenio Hall, Eddie Murphy, the barbershop guys were hilarious. Uh, to me, them and Tracy Morgan were the saviors of, of coming to America, but it was such uh, – it, it, it's really a feel-good, you know? I don't know if you look at it any other way. It's more of like a feel-good if you grew up in the eight, you know, the 80s and you got to, 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 to see that. Uh, that kind of it's, it's more to me. It was more about nostalgia. I couldn't hate on it. I, I'm glad they decided to do it because I was glad to see all those people. Oh, John Amos. Oh my God, I loved all that, and I just thought that was a beautiful thing to see all those people come together again for coming to America too. I hate Eric Lasalle, missed it, but uh, I think that. Um, Still, just a really good film. Did I like it as well as the first one? No. Did I think so? It's you know, it's hard because in the eighties we did not have as much political correctness as we do today. Okay, and you could tell that the film was trying to be really careful in some areas. In some areas, they were trying to let loose, but not loose enough for me. Uh, the great thing about uh, coming to America too, I'm silly. Okay. 
And the great thing about coming to America, too, is the little silly parts of it. Like, you know, like when uh, the dude's sexual chocolate is, uh, you know, I said sexual chocolate, sexual chocolate, and then he just dropped the mic and everybody in the audience just looking like, I mean, those are classic things that, <laughs> classic silly things that you can't get back. Uh, uh, uh just little moments in the first one, like the curl scene, they, they were very 80s-esque humor, uh, but it's hard to get that kind of thing in today's world. I wish that this is a point where I really wish somebody like a Tyler Perry would have been involved in the in the in the uh, making of Coming to America in terms of his script and everything, because Tyler could give him Tyler's good at that silly bone stuff. Who's really good at that too is the Wayne brothers. I think that, like I would have loved to see him to him to ask Keenan to have done this too. I know he was trying to go with the old director, but I asked Keenan and the Wayneers to come in on something like this because the, the staff family knows how to put the little silly nuances in it, even to in today's thing. And I think that that it was missing that very funny, silly humor where you saw little things and you just, you'd be cracking up just silly stuff. You know, that's part of like why one of the stupidest movies I love is uh, Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, Minister, uh, what is it, uh, Don't Be a Minister Society while Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Me and my girlfriend used to laugh at that, and it's another one, too, that Chris Rock did. Um uh, tight. <laughs> I mean, terrible comedies, but silly. Like, just just got little silly things that you see in the film, and you just end up laughing. Like, you know, it's little stupid stuff. And that's what made Coming to America 2, Coming to America 1 so great, because it was it was humor that was 80s-esque. It was, didn't have such political correctness on it. But it was also little things that made it funny for the time. Coming to America 2. In my personal opinion, it's funny, and there are a lot of funny parts, but it is the nostalgia, okay, that works for coming to America, too. It's not as humorous as one, but the nostalgia of seeing all those people together again was worth it, okay? That was true, too. I like that. I, I do. You know, I'm saying, I thought it was great. I did. I love that part of it. So I would say it is worth watching it. If uh, not for anything else but that part, okay. Thought it thought that they did a good job in um, and bringing that together. The script was okay. The script was good. I think it was a lot of things I thought the script could have been it could have been better in, but it was it was, it was decent, okay. Uh, LeBron James, okay, and is this going to be my last story of the night? LeBron James, they're saying, is wishy-washy on COVID-19 vaccine, wants to keep the decision private. LeBron James, I love you for this. Okay, I and I'm not a big fan of LeBron, but I love this energy, okay? And this is according to TMZ Sports. Um, let's see here. Uh, they asked LeBron James today. Because, you know, you get, it says, they said, uh, um, they said, um, they asked and they say, uh, 
Another runner question was raised at the very end of the interview. A reporter asked if he would himself get vaccinated LeBron whenever that became an option and whether he encouraged everyone in the Players Association to do the same. He also referenced Adam Silver's recent remark that he was going to leave it up to NBA players and not make it mandatory. Silver said, my hunch is that most players ultimately would choose to get vaccinated. They have to make personal decisions at the end of the day. In response, LeBron said this about his own decision on the vaccine. That's a conversation, you know, my family and I will have and probably pretty much keep that to a private thing. He said, private thing. He said he was aware of Silver's comments, but insisted it was something to be discussed among family and not in public. That's where he was going to keep it. I love this. And now they're going into this article. They say the fast, that's fascinating considering LeBron is by far one of the most influential people in the world and perhaps the second most third uh, influential, uh, wait, and perhaps the second or third most influential African-American. Are you serious? <laughs> and they said the fact is he's wishy-washy on whether he'll get get his speech volumes and, would, and it could well influence others in the community. No, he does not have to tell his business on his health. I think that 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 y'all are out here getting these shots. I heard Dollar called uh, this guy on uh, Twitter that I always read his. Uh, he's a funny a funny person on Twitter, and he always says some funny things. And he says y'all getting these uh, vaccine shots like they like the the I voted sticker. <laughs> they becoming the new I voted sticker, and I totally agree with him. People are this is breaking down HIPAA laws. Very to me, your vaccination HIPAA laws are your health. Your health is supposed to be private. They are breaking down the idea of getting HIPAA, of uh, getting these vaccinations. Like everybody got shot. I got my shot today. Look, I got my shot, and that's supposed to be encouraging people to get their shots. But I don't think that. I think that should be a private thing between you and your family. It's nobody's business if you got the shot or not. I wouldn't tell y'all. You know, on my on this show, I told y'all I was I was gonna think about it long and hard because I feel like that those shots. The, it, I think I feel like it should take years down the line. Now, if I decide to share with y'all, that's my personal business. But I don't feel like I have to, and I don't think anybody should be pressured to. Not even somebody like LeBron James. Health decisions are private. Okay, because if LeBron James get that shot and he fall out somewhere, yeah, y'all ain't gonna do shit about it. Okay, everybody talking about he's encouraging the figure. No, that's a that's a private thing he needs to make between him and his family. And I think a lot of y'all should do the same instead of getting on TV showing everybody you getting the shot. Who give a fuck? I got the first shot today. I got my shot. I mean, you don't understand how that dynamic is is changing the way we view. Uh, health laws and HIPAA laws and things like that, very private matters that we're making very public. I ain't seen y'all doing that with measles. Uh, when you go get the measles vaccine or any other, got your own ears. I'm like, I got my shot. I mean, nobody needs to know that. If you get your shot, you get your shot. Okay? I just feel like it, I agree with LeBron James. That's a, that's a, he shouldn't be pressured because he's a celebrity and neither should his family or anybody else. If he chooses to share that with you guys, then he chooses to share that. But y'all shouldn't be listening, looking up to fucking LeBron James anyway to get whether you should get a shot. You need to read and research that stuff and understand it for you and your family and make it a private decision for you too. Okay? And I appreciate LeBron for um, saying he's going to keep it there. He's going to keep it private. Okay? Because it ain't your business. 
Now, if he chooses to give a shot and he wants to share with people to help encourage others, then that's on him. But he shouldn't be made to feel pressure to do that, okay? So shout out to LeBron on that one. I loved his answer. It was a very bold answer and uh, very different from uh, from people, uh, to, from everybody out here today showing them getting shots and stuff. <sighs> okay, this is the last part of the uh of the uh the last I thought that was the last one but it's Dwayne Wade, okay, because 'Cause I've been having a big controversy this week. Pow Papa preciousness, Dwayne Wayne heaps praise upon his Princess Zaya following Michelle Obama interview. This is according to Boston dot com. It says Dwayne Wade praises daughter Zaya Wade has an amazing human being after the thirteen year old interviewed Michelle Obama um Michelle Obama uh Okay. Thursday, March fourth, about her young reader edition of Becoming Zaya, and asked Michelle what advice she would offer teenagers wanting to be themselves and thrive as she has. Obama's first response was like, "You have current was like you like you have and currently are. I'm just so proud of you being just an amazing role model and embracing your truth. You're already doing so much, doing this. So maybe this is some other people listening." She absolutely right. Zaya has been through a thrust in the spotlight by no trace of her own has been weathering the scrutiny remarkably well. This is what Bossip is saying. Of course, her dad's response to the repost interview, which he captioned, the world is starting to get a glimpse of what we see every day, simply an amazing human being. I love you, proud dad. I am becoming, okay? A lot of y'all were upset. And you know, I don't. I'm not politically correct on this show, so you know, I can see in ten years from now, in five years, from now, if something was, if I was making big or something, they dig up these shows. Jesus, <laughs> well, I'm a tough cookie. I, you know, I, I say what I say. Uh, but listen, a lot of y'all saying this is this kid is 13. That's demonic. What are y'all doing and everything? Because it's not about the child becoming transgender. It's it's not about anybody becoming transgender. It's just the age to have to make such tough decisions about your sexuality at 12 and 13 years old, even if you kind of have an inkling that you want, you're a boy and you're wanting to be a girl. It's so tough to take on that energy at 12 and 13 years old. And I understand both sides, how people are going, what the fuck? And I understand how, you know, um, you know, as a parent, like Dwayne Wade, you got to be, you want to be proud of your kid too. Um, Most kids know when they're very young about their sexuality, but sexuality is such a confusing thing. And when you're 13, you don't know the fuck much, okay? Let me tell you that, okay? Because I remember 13. Shit. Like I said, I was a few years past wanting to be Wonder Woman. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? When you're 13, you think of a lot of shit. Like, I think I was at, at 9 or 10, I was thinking I was going to be one of the Charlie's Angels or Wonder Woman. Shit, so that was four years, that's, that's four years passing and I was going to be Charlie's Angel. 
So, what the fuck? you know, at 13, even though it's a more uh, fast society and these kids have more access to information than ever before, you're still a child and you're still trying to work out all these things in your minds and to be thrust into the spotlight, to be carrying the transsexual banner at 13 is a hard fucking thing for a kid, I think. I personally think, you know. I would not want my child to do this league right now. And it's not because I would be ashamed of what them becoming transgender or what they want to become. It's because they're too fucking young. It's a lot to be carrying that burden right now when they should be just trying to figure it out. Now they on here, and she's on, she, he, she on here interviewing Michelle Obama and he is, and, and, and it's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And it's a lot of pressure that comes with carrying that banner of transsexual. And and I don't want my child to feel pressure to have to continue to carry it if that's something they don't want to do later on. Maybe they change their mind when they hit 17 and say, hey, mom, I'm, I decide I'm not transsexual. I'm just a gay man or I'm a queer. I'm a bisexual person or whatever. I want them to be able to feel free to be able to move out of it. But if you created such a space for them and you got them carrying this cause at 13 and 12, it's a lot. So I understand how people can be disturbed by it. I totally can. I I totally. And I also understand them as parents just trying to work it out in their mind and say, hey, let's try to get him into this as early as he can be. But he's carrying the banner now and the weight for something that I think is way too big. I mean, at 13, he's already calling him his daughter. He hasn't had a sex change yet. The little boy has not had a sex. He may be wearing girl clothes, but he has not had the sex change yet. And that's just a lot of pressure for a kid at 12 and 13. I don't know. What y'all think out there? If y'all think I'm wrong, I mean, you know what? Y'all holler at me. Y'all know how to hit me up on the, because we we taping the show tonight, so y'all know how to hit me up in, in the messenger and tell me your thoughts on it. Or you can hit me up next week on the show and tell me your thoughts on it then, okay? But I just feel like this is such a, a heavy burden for a 12-year-old or 13-year-old kid to carry. And you're like, well, they're carrying it privately. Yes, but it's privately. It's not in front of the world. They're not the spokesperson for transgenders at 12 and 13 years old. They're just, you know, they get to figure it out as a kid on their own in therapy and privately, most importantly, privately. Okay. And I know their parents are in show business and all that stuff, but to thrust them out there and be calling him your daughter and he hasn't had a complete sex change is kind of, I don't know, it's a lot for me. You know, it's a lot. It's just, it's very, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a lot of pressure for the child. I really do. Okay. So very interesting though. This is a great, that's a great thing to have a discussion. And here, here's the thing. I love discussions like this. This is the kind of discussions I think people shouldn't be shied away from or people shouldn't be made to feel, uh, you know, pressure about. I actually think that there should be more freedom of expression in society about how people really feel about uh, when you talk about homosexuality, when you talk about race, when you talk about different things, if people are allowed to express themselves honestly, then people can honestly confront and and have great conversations of 
of love, correction, or, or, or just of thoughts of sharing people's thoughts and honoring other people's opinion that is different from yours. But when we have a society that cancels people for anything they believe or anything they say, I mean, it's crazy. It's just getting a little nutty. I mean, sometimes, you know, I understand wanting to cancel somebody because some people say too much, but a lot of times it's just it's just way too much instead of letting people have an honest conversation. It's just, you know, like I was talking about the Chris Harrison thing about the bachelor thing that happened with the host of bachelor. He expressed, he took up for a young lady who went to an antebellum Southern party back five years ago and it was coming back to haunt her because uh, the bachelor, she was on the bachelor trying to date a black guy, marry a black bachelor. And he was saying, hey, this was five years ago, though. Kind of give her a break, you know. And the girl, black girl in there in the interview, who was one of the bachelorettes, pushed back at him, saying, well, you know, it's hurtful. It, it was this. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, it, it was a while back. And he almost got fired for that. I think that's crazy. He had a right to say, hey, that was five years ago, and give her a shot. Because I really do believe people say, shit. I mean, you know how much shit... Now, I did six or seven years ago, I said that I probably don't believe now. I mean, because humans are allowed to evolve and change in their thoughts. I mean, it's, it, our humans are allowed to have a thought and keep it, and they can keep it the same, okay? It's just a shame of how we're seeing people get canceled for a little next to nothing or their thoughts and their beliefs. I just, I think it's crazy. And I think that if we have more open discussions, people won't hide how they feel and go underground and keep uh, wrong thoughts about other people. So that's all I got to say on that one, y'all, because I know y'all was going to be, yeah, that was a big thing this week. People were talking about it. And, hey, you know, it is what it is, okay? Crazy. All right, you guys, listen. We have come to the end of the show. I have enjoyed, listen, I have enjoyed coming on, giving y'all a show, talking about Megan Markle, Jay-Z, Otis, and stuff like that. We will try to have a show again Saturday. I'm going to try to have a show this week. But remember, on the 20th, I'm going to do a show with uh, Nivea Hansen. We're going to talk about boudoir uh, photos uh, for any of you guys who are interested out there about how you can pre- prepare for a boudoir shoot which is a sexy lingerie shoot, okay? And uh, also we're going to talk to her about her uh, her uh, move from court, the corporate world into photography and how did she decide to make that move. So if you want to be encouraged and inspired and stuff like that, definitely listen to the show. And if you're interested in doing a boudoir shot or you have one coming up and you want to know how to – you know, how you should do it or how you should approach it, definitely you want to listen to that show on the 20th of March coming up with me and her having that discussion, okay? All right, you guys. You know, it's late at night. I'm sister, sister's tired, okay? You know, sister girl is tired. I done talked to y'all. I done, <laughs> I done talked y'all. I done talked y'all up tonight. I said, I done had my thing about the Megan Markle situation. Okay, I done had my say. Now I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> but if you guys want to hit me up, you know you can hit me up at the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up on uh, Twitter at Carlotta72 and C Chatwood Show. That's two different Twitter accounts. Okay, Carlotta Chatwood Show. Another way you can hit me up is through. Um, 
Instagram, which is Carly's underscore galaxy, all right? Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thank you for listening to me, you know, go on with my opinions, even though they're strong and they be making some of y'all mad. You know, I'm trying to think, did I get everything? I think I got everything I wanted to talk to y'all about tonight. Wait, let me make sure here. I got, you know, I'm always feeling like I, I'm leaving out one story that I should have got for y'all. Jesse Smollett, that story, I think I'm going to save that for Saturday. Okay, Como, we'll talk about Saturday, I think, too, okay? So we got all the stories, okay? Yeah, we'll we'll save some of the rest of the stories for Saturday that we get into. But meanwhile, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Enjoy it because we we'll starting off Monday tomorrow. Man, I got so much stuff to do. I mean, Lord, I'm... I got this homework. Just let me tell you, it's been kicking my butt. <laughs> my Spanish has been kicking my butt, but it's all—it's a good kick butt. Okay, it's all good. You guys have a wonderful night. We're gonna leave out with uh, this is Let's see. Let's leave out with love philosophy. I love that one, Jamiroquai. It's the CC show. I'm out. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs>